0: Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again. We're um, today we're going to part three of the series that we've been looking at and will be looking at through August. Um, Enemies of the Heart, and uh, we're looking at a book by Andy Stanley. If you don't have it, I I recommend you get it. Even if you're you know just jumping in now, and we're kind of halfway through the series, um, you'll appreciate the additional content that's in that book. You can get it on amazon lots of different places so i would encourage you to get it um, a couple weeks ago pastor roy kicked off the series by really transitioning from our last series which was dangerous prayers and he introduced the um, the four enemies that we're going to be looking at through august and he talked about the first enemy which frank um, did an amazing job talking about last week which is guilt um, and he talked about how all four of these enemies they introduce kind of a, a debt to debtor relationship and so Um, Last week, Frank talked about how guilt says, um, I owe you. Today, we're talking about anger, which says, you owe me. Uh, Next week, we're going to look at greed, which says, I owe me. And then the last one we're going to look at is jealousy, which says, God owes me. And uh, if you've been um, enjoying this series, why don't you put something in the comments and just say like, yes, this is awesome and just kind of engage with this. Um, I know I've been appreciating the messages and, um, and really... Um, loving the book and stuff. But I'm kind of messing with you a bit because I think if you're enjoying these messages, I feel like you may be doing it wrong because I I know for me at least, like looking deeply at these enemies is not necessarily something that I enjoy. And uh, and I wanted to kind of mention that quickly because I, I think sometimes we look for as humans, we look for like easy solutions to things. And um, if you know me, you know that like one of the things that I'm really big on is is like productivity, or at least that's what I like to call it. And so I love books like um, books on forming habits or like changing things up to, to basically like squeeze more productivity out. And I, like I love books like that. And uh, I was reading one recently called Deep Work by um, Cal Newport, which is all about um, focusing and like really focusing in on deep stuff and, and minimizing distraction stuff. It's a really good book. But after reading that, I was kind of like sitting down and reevaluating some things. And I went to like, okay, how can I put some habits in place in my life? And um, I felt like God, God kind of like stopped me a little bit in my tracks. I, like I sat down with a notebook and I was going to start to write. And um, it, it was kind of like he said, hey, like, these things are good, but we, we have to go so much deeper sometimes than we want to. And we want to kind of find the quick fix and be like, okay, I can check that off. And I know for me, like, that's really tempting. Like, if I can find a habit that I feel like it's going to change something, it's like, all right, I'll look at that little thing. Um, but God really challenged me. He said, hey, the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added. That was challenging because that, there's so much to that. And I love that even the the phrasing of that verse doesn't say find the kingdom of God, find his righteousness, it says seek. And unfortunately for people like me, even that word means that it's never ending. We never arrive, we never are finished. Um, And I guess I say all that to say, please don't gloss over this series. Um, and, And in a sense, honestly, if you're kind of enjoying this like, Oh, it's, that's good. And, and you kind of get through the message. I would be nervous that <laughs> you're missing out on what we really want you to get, which is a healed heart, a restored heart, some that where you can live in freedom from these enemies. And so I just want to challenge you like lean into this, take some notes, really listen, turn off the distractions and let's do the, the deep stuff because I think the fruit on the other side of that, that's something that we will definitely enjoy in the peace and living guilt-free, and all of that. So um, that's just kind of my prelude to this series, and maybe that challenges you, encourages you. If you've got your uh, notes, there's, a, there's a, uh, a passage at the top we're going to look at a little bit later, but I wanted to begin by actually reading a story that Jesus told uh, in Matthew 18. So it's verse tw- uh, 21 to 35, and I'm going to read from the Message version. And it says, I'm going to read quite a bit here kind of this whole story where Jesus is talking and then we'll kind of look at some different pieces. So, it says that Peter, one of Jesus's disciples, got up the nerve to ask, "Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me?" Seven? And Peter's, you know, probably being like seven. Like that's a lot of times, right? And um, most of us know Jesus' reply. I love how the message puts it. Seven, hardly, try 70 times seven. And uh, you know, Jesus isn't doing some supernatural math or anything. What he's saying is you f- forgive endlessly. There's no, there's no number. There's like, you know, it's, he's saying this huge amount like we we continuously need to forgive. And then he tells a story and he's kind of trying to illustrate something here. Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a king who decided to square accounts with his servants, and he got underway. One servant was brought before him who had run up a debt of $100,000, and he couldn't pay up. So the king ordered the man, along with his wife, children, and goods, to be auctioned off at the slave market. The poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, give me a chance, and I'll pay it all back. Touched by his plea, the king let him off, erasing his debt. The servant was no sooner out of the room when he came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him about 10 bucks. He seized him by the throat and demanded pay up now. The poor wretch threw himself down and begged, give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. But he wouldn't do it. He had him arrested and put in jail until the debt was paid. When the other servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king the king summoned the man and said you evil servant i forgave your entire debt when you begged for mercy shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy the king was furious and put the screws to the man until he paid back his entire debt and then jesus makes this kind of scary statement he says that's exactly what my father in heaven is going to do to each one of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asks for mercy Let's just pray and then we'll jump into this god um i just thank you for this series i thank you for the wisdom of pastor roy and the leadership just choosing these and and i think prayerfully considering what we as a church need in this season god and uh, i ask right now that you would give me the grace to to share what is on my heart and just to be able to speak in a way that people could understand Um, and i pray that you'd help me and and everyone that's a part of harvest and tuning in right now to just open our hearts and be sensitive to your spirit speaking to us and challenging us and also i think this morning empowering us um, to face anger that may be a problem in our lives so god just um, help us all this morning to evaluate our hearts and to be aware of any enemies that we may previously have not been aware of and to be able to face those in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, so this morning we're looking at anger and when um, Pastor Roy first chose this book and I started reading the introduction um, and he you know, picked a few of us that he asked to share some messages, um, I just right away I felt like I think I'm going to end up doing the one on anger and I didn't really know why. And um, the way we do it is, um, I guess because I've spoken more, I kind of leave it and I say like, hey, whichever, whichever is the leftover one, I will, I will cover. And um, so Frank picked and you're gonna hear from Karen again next week, um, which is awesome. And then somebody else is doing um, the last one. But um, I was kind of like, I guess honestly, I was like, why am I gonna end up with the anger one? <laughs> and, um, and you know, maybe I'm just completely oblivious, but I think, that most people that know me wouldn't think that I have um, like an anger issue. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Again, maybe I'm completely oblivious. But um, I'm not really the type of person to like yell or slam doors or throw things. And I guess when I think of anger, those are the sorts of things that I think about. And I think a lot of times that's the form that anger takes, you know, like honking and swearing at someone that cuts you off. Or, um, you know, being really rude to someone who gets your order wrong at the restaurant, something like that, you know, and just these, these very obvious, visible, this person is, is angry things. Um, and definitely that's a form that we all know anger takes. But um, God was really and has been speaking to me and challenging me about what I think is kind of a, a subtler form of anger that... Uh, that I faced. And I, I guess I feel like God maybe wanted me to share today because I think there's some people watching right now and, and you don't necessarily think that you have an anger problem. You're kind of maybe like me where your anger, you're able to keep it beneath the surface. And for me, when I dig into that, um, I think a lot of that comes from sort of a self-righteousness and I know that those outbursts of anger are wrong, and so instead, my anger takes, again, subtler forms. So for me, God's really been challenging me about how um, that comes out in our marriage, between you know me and my wife, Brittany, that although I don't have those maybe really obvious outbursts of anger, my anger can be really manipulative. And so when I feel angry I I think because well, I know that those outbursts are wrong. So instead, I find myself withdrawing or not showing affection the way that I should or not appreciating her the the way that I should or um, or just being mopey or or not as available. And those are all things that I guess before last week, I wouldn't have necessarily associated with anger. But what I I realized is that for me, that's a lot of times the, the form that anger takes. And so it's really been challenging me. And what I've realized in looking into this is that I think there's kind of two different ways that we think about anger. And the first is that we don't, we're unwilling to admit that we are angry. And again, this is, this is me. Um, and Andy Stanley actually says in the, in, the, in the opening of this chapter of the book that anger is the most obvious. And I, I actually disagree a little bit. I think it can be. But I think the form of anger that I struggle with is One that, again, for me, I wasn't really aware of. And it's really challenged me because, you know, it's almost like I don't let those outbursts happen because if that happened, I know I would have to face the anger that is inside. But if I can kind of like hold it in, but instead let it leak out in all these equally as destructive, but less obvious ways, then it's almost like I don't have to face it. Um, And so I wonder if some of you are maybe the same way that That you don't think you have an anger problem because it's right beneath the surface and you're able to keep it from exploding but i can guarantee that it's leaking out and it is affecting your relationships and so i just want to challenge you on that and then the other person is you know maybe you are that person where you have those obvious outbursts and and maybe people around you would say like yes you're an angry person your boss your spouse whatever um and in that case Probably what you've done is you've found a way to justify the anger. You've convinced yourself that, that the hurt, what people owe you, whatever, is, in, is enough to justify that angry, angry outburst. And so what I want to challenge you with today and looking at this is that you can be free from that, that anger and those outbursts. And that even though you may have convinced yourself it's justified, it's still hurting you. So again, there's kind of two different approaches. Either we don't admit that we're angry or we find a way to justify our anger in light of what we feel we're owed. Um, we kind of like leverage our hurt and we say, well, now I can be angry because of what this person did to me. So we, let's agree. We, hopefully we all at some level can agree that we're struggling with anger. So what is the remedy? Um, and this is the verse at the top of your notes. And I want to look at Ephesians 4 verse 31 first. From the NIV, it says, get rid of all bitterness, anger, rage, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. So you're still watching, um, and I would have kind of guessed you were all over putting away and getting rid of all your anger, because that's what it says to do. Um, So if you read just that verse first, it's like, okay, okay. how does that help me? Because if it was as easy as just getting rid of it or another translation says putting it away, I would have done that. Um, and sometimes I think as Christians, that's kind of how we feel we're supposed to deal with our anger is like, you know, put it away right now. We're in the middle of packing for a vacation that strangely we will be on when you're watching this, which is weird. It's like a week from now. Um, but you know, anger isn't something that you can like put into a suitcase and when we try to do that um, there's kind of three different things that that typically will come up either we say I can't I can't put my anger in that suitcase it's just too much Um, there's there's so much there I can't I I can't do that Um, or we say I won't and again this is a kind of I'm owed this like I'm not going to put my I'm not going to deal with my anger because it's not my fault. It's their fault. They've done this to me. I've been hurt in this way. And so, you know, we say I won't or we say I did. And and I think this would kind of be it for me, too. Um, you know, it's like, well, I, I did deal with that anger and I did put it away. But it's like it comes out of the suitcase and it's like it's following me around. Um, so when we my point being obviously, that when we try to deal with anger on this kind of superficial behavior modification, I'm just going to do better somehow. And when we look at it that way, we, we know it's not enough. We know that there needs to be something more. And I just want to encourage you that when the Bible says, hey, do this, you know, it says get rid of all bitterness, anger, and rage. Sometimes we have to dig a little deeper and we have to make sure we're getting all the context, because the Bible never asks us to do something without giving us the power to do it, without showing us how to do it. And sometimes that's more obvious in scripture than others. But I just wanna encourage you, if you ever encounter something reading the Bible where you're like, okay, I need to do that, but that sounds really hard, don't just gloss over it. Don't just say, okay, I'm gonna do it in your own strength. Just make sure that you dig into the principle of how is the truth of scripture going to empower you to do it so let's let's keep reading here and fortunately for us in this passage it's just the next verse where paul continues in his letter to the ephesians and so again he says get rid of all bitterness rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice every form and he says be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other and if we were to end there we would at least know okay the remedy for this anger is forgiveness and that is what's going to set us free from this anger whether it's the, the explosive anger or the subtle anger it's forgiveness that is the remedy but there's this final phrase here that's so important he says just as in Christ God forgave you so we have to understand it's not just any kind of forgiveness it's the kind of forgiveness that God has for us so we can think about this a couple different ways, but what, the way I think of it is, you know, God didn't forgive us in our ability and strength to forgive. He did it in his ability and strength to forgive. Our forgiving other people can only be done through his strength. Um, and so I, I kind of want to jump up because, you know, that sounds similar to the opening story we read in Matthew, where Jesus is talking about forgiving debts and he's talking about the master who is in this story, God, the father, Jesus says that at the end, forgiving us of a debt we could never pay and you know, completely showing mercy. That's how we are to forgive other people. We're supposed to do it unconditionally. We're supposed to do it regardless of the size of the debt. We're supposed to do it regardless of whether that person could ever pay us back. And that's the, the type of forgiveness that we, need to consider. And, and obviously, um, you know, that probably sounds impossible and I don't want to pretend like, Um, you know I understand what it is that you may need to forgive Um, you may be thinking like you know Ryan you have no idea what you're asking of me to say well just forgive just you know and I'm sure you probably have a very convincing case for your anger and if I was to sit down with you and say like okay why are you angry and you were to tell me the story of maybe your childhood or your first marriage, or your ex, or whatever it is that you're, that is, you know, when you dig in the the deep, um, the the source of that anger, probably I would end up in a sense on your side. I would probably say like, yeah, that's a really convincing case. And it's, you know, it's kind of like that king in the story and this man, he owes a hundred thousand dollars. I don't know how that debt got created, but it's, you know, that's the fact of the debt. But our forgiveness doesn't you know, the way God's asking us to forgive almost doesn't take that into account. Our, our forgiveness needs to transcend what we mentally may think we're owed. And part of that is important because what I found in my life and in, you know, specifically, I'm using the example a lot of our marriage is that the the debt, what I feel I'm owed isn't based often on anything tangible that that Brit has done. If I really think about it, it almost makes no sense, but I still feel like I'm owed something significant. And so I just use that example to say that there's nothing that my wife in this situation can do or needs to do to have that debt erased. It's almost like we sometimes invent a debt in our minds to, because of, I think for me, it's my pride, it's my whatever that kind of says, like, okay, I'm. I'm owed something and I feel this anger and this frustration so that's kind of just some context and some understanding like the type of forgiveness we need to have so um, I'm going to look a little more about, uh, at that in a bit but I want to give kind of some practical steps and, um, and I don't want to gloss over the fact though and I'm going to come back to it that The, the true power for us to forgive needs to come from God. We're not going to be able to do it without Him. But I want to give you four keys, and these are kind of things to hopefully encourage you to take a next step and just kind of give you a sense of this is possible. We can do this. We can only do it through His strength. But here are kind of some practical things to consider. Uh, And the first is that you're, you're never going to feel like forgiving before you forgive. Corey ten Boom has this quote that says, "'Forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart.'" So it's so important, we can't wait until we feel like it to forgive, because we're not ever going to feel like it. So I wanna encourage you that if you feel like you need to wait for that. You don't like. It's a step of faith in a sense. And just like you know, just like when we pray for healing or we pray for provision, it's a faith thing that we're praying for something we don't have yet. When we forgive someone, it's a faith thing in a sense. We don't. And I feel like I don't have the forgiveness. That's why I'm praying for it. God help me to forgive. And when I declare I forgive this person, which we're you know going to do at the end of this message, it's it's a declaration of faith and and maybe you feel like you've tried that at some level before but i want to encourage you that that you need to kind of take that step and be willing to declare forgiveness and a lot of times the um the ability to sense the forgiveness and the the emotional relief and the anger leaving comes at the at the end of that declaration, that faith declaration, God, I forgive this person. So number one, you're not going to feel like it. So don't wait until you do. Um, number two, I want to encourage you to do something practical and practical, um, to consider what is a different action that you will take because of your forgiveness. And this is so helpful because if you decide before you have to decide, it will help you to continuously forgive, which is what we have to do. So, you know, maybe, maybe for you, it's on your drive in, someone cuts you off, you have that outburst of anger. And and so you want to forgive. So I want you, I want to challenge you to decide not to have that outburst. You're going to react in forgiveness. So for, you know, for me, sometimes getting home from work and just Maybe the first thing that Britt says to me isn't somehow what I expect. And so I react in this frustration. And and so for me, it's deciding that in that moment immediately, not audibly or anything, but in my heart, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to react in forgiveness. And so by, by thinking about that beforehand, I don't have to make that decision to forgive in the moment, which is when I probably won't be able to. My, my emotions are going to be taking over and I'm going to be... Um, giving in to the anger and that feeling of, I'm owed something. So I'm gonna decide beforehand, I'm gonna respond in forgiveness. So think about something practical that you can do. Uh, Number three, this is really important. Again, in the Christian circles, I feel like we need to recognize that there's a difference between forgiveness and restored access to your life. And so I think that, you know, that cheap phrase that sometimes gets thrown around, forgive and forget, can do a lot of damage because and many of you are probably thinking about this, you're never going to forget what has happened to you, what that person did, that situation, that whatever. Um, Forgiveness doesn't mean that we're somehow, you know, altering our minds. And sometimes I think God can give grace for that to happen, that's separate. But I just wanna encourage you that just because you're forgiving that person doesn't mean you immediately trust them, doesn't mean you start having coffee with them again. Um, I've been in situations where, you know, there's been hurt. And I feel like there's forgiveness, but I've expressly said to the person, um, you know, we're There's going to be distance. We're not going to spend as much time together. There's like putting in boundaries to say, yes, I can forgive. I can release. You don't owe me anything, but I'm also not going to pretend like this isn't something that may happen again. I'm, I can still put boundaries in place to protect myself from the hurt. So this isn't, you know, some sort of like you know, you have to constantly be best friends with everyone that has hurt you in the past. It's about forgiving the debt and saying, okay, they don't owe me anything anymore. I'm not going to allow that anger to come in. So number three, uh, recognize that difference between forgiveness and restored access to our lives. Um, and number four is realize the cost of your unforgiveness. Um And at the end of Matthew 18, I kind of mentioned it, that there's sort of this scary statement that um, Jesus makes, which is the king, who's the person that forgave this initial huge debt um, of the servant that was unwilling to forgive the smaller debt, was furious. And it says he put screws to the man until he paid back his entire debt. And Jesus says, that's exactly what my father in heaven is going to do to each one of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asks for mercy. So, I mean, that's scary. And I'm not going to pretend to completely understand what Jesus means by that. But what I can tell you for sure is that unforgiveness costs us something. Um, And some of the costs are obvious and some of them are more subtle So I want you, I love this quote um, before I go into that um, from Marian Williamson. Maybe you've heard, unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. Sometimes the other person isn't even aware that they've done something that you feel hurt them. Um, They're completely oblivious to it, but your anger towards them and your frustration towards them and your, you know, hoping maybe that something bad would happen to them or they wouldn't succeed or whatever is only hurting you. That unforgiveness and that bitterness is only going to hurt you and steal from you and steal your energy and your joy and your peace. So you can also think about it this way. Like for me, my anger and really that bitterness and unforgiveness towards my wife is affecting our marriage. It's stealing the enjoyment that I could have of my spouse. It could be stealing your ability to connect with your kids, um, that unforgiveness and that bitterness or getting close to friends or a restored, you know, relationship with family members or whatever. Um, We have to sometimes think of that long-term effect that it has because In the moment it may not be obvious we just feel i'm owed something i'm angry it's justified you know none of that matters but if we think long term what would happen if that wasn't there if that anger wasn't there if that frustration wasn't there if that's not how i felt towards them because i was able to forgive it could be a drastic change um, not only in your lives but the other point i want to make is that um you know they say that our physical hearts condition um and 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 like cardiovascular health and and strength and and disease and all that stuff is about 50% genetic which means you know 50% ish of your likelihood to to have heart disease comes from your parents and i think that's also true of our spiritual hearts and i'd state it this way that your kids are going to thank you for dealing with your unforgiveness because it's going to drastically change their spiritual hearts. If they can see you demonstrating forgiveness and making a lifestyle of forgiveness, you could drastically change the lives of your kids. But if they see the, the anger and, and the unforgiveness and the bitterness, it only makes it harder for them to not live the same way. So like, think about the long-term effects Of our unforgiveness and and that can help us say okay I'm gonna do it it sounds really hard but um, I'm going to forgive because there is a cost to our unforgiveness so we've said this before but uh, I love this statement that the forgiven forgive and I mentioned earlier that our ability to forgive comes from God and it it comes from having that perspective that the servant in the opening story didn't have, which is how much we've been forgiven. When we have a true understanding of the unpayable debt that God's forgiven of us, unlike the servant that empowers us to forgive the, you know, immeasurably smaller debts that we feel were owed by friends, family members, whatever it is, the forgiven, Forgive. We have to have that perspective. Um, Earlier in Ephesians 4, Paul says this: He says, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. So, as I close today, I want to challenge you to do something now, to take an immediate step. I love the the urgency of this verse don't even let the sun go down don't let a day go by where you put your head down on the pillow and you fall asleep fuming or just repeating in your mind what you feel you're owed or what someone has done to you make the decision to forgive and release and and i truly believe you can find peace and live free of the anger that whether it's the obvious kind or the subtle kind that i struggle with we can live free from that So um, on the second page of your notes, under the the consider and discuss, there's um, four kind of steps I want to walk through right now. And then there's a prayer. And uh, I think it's such a practical way to put words and to put a statement to our forgiveness. And so whether you do that right now or um, maybe sometime this week when you have a minute to just kind of sit down and really consider, I want to just kind of walk those through as we close. Number one, we need to identify who we're angry with. Maybe throughout this message, you're thinking, yeah, I am angry, but I don't even know where that comes from. Sometimes it takes time for us to really say, God, reveal what's the source of this anger? Uh, Who is it? And then determine what they owe you and be specific. um it's really important to take time to do this and don't don't um belittle the debt that you feel you're owed sometimes it is significant and forgiveness isn't about just saying like oh it's not a big deal it is a big deal and unless we forgive the whole debt it's always going to creep back in there so you know i think christians sometimes communicate this idea like you know i'll just you know it's not a big deal just forgive and just forgive and forget and but that actually (laughs) doesn't work that actually hurts us in forgiving because unless we're really aware and allow uh, kind of to to feel the weight of yes i i am owed. they did hurt me what they did was significant it was painful it did damage me or my family or whatever only in recognition of all that can we truly forgive them so two we need to determine what they owe specifically and then number three we're going to cancel the debt we're going to say they don't owe us anymore and um, you know in that I want to just state practically that you don't necessarily have to tell them and most likely you don't have to tell them Um, it can actually do more harm than good you know if I if I go up to someone and say like hey I forgive you for hurting me with those words the other day they may be oblivious to it and now they're they're wondering or they're frustrated or maybe they're hurt that 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 was between us and they didn't know about it or whatever so um, unless they've asked you for forgiveness in which case you want to express to them hey thank you for asking for forgiveness i forgive you and that can be an incredible moment and an opportunity for a restored relationship but unless they've asked for it this forgiveness is you releasing the debt Um, they may not have a clue that they've hurt you that you feel they're owed something it's between kind of you and God and you in, in your mind and them forgiving them. So um, there's this prayer at the end. I'm just gonna kind of read this and if, if you feel ready, if you know who it is and what it is, put their names and, and what they did in here. And otherwise, like I said, create some space to do this on your own. Um, the prayer says, Heavenly Father, the person, you know, Peter, Sarah, Julie, your, my aunt, my uncle, my mom, my dad has taken blank what what is it that they owe maybe my childhood my family my purity my security my peace from me i've held on to this debt long enough i choose to cancel this debt they don't owe me anymore just as you forgive me i forgive them Uh, and i know that 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 may be really hard for some of you to pray and maybe before you pray it just ask god he can help you he can give you the strength and just consider in that moment what he's forgiven us of and what he's done for us and the immeasurable debt that we had before him that he was willing to say that's forgiven so now go and do likewise forgive just like he did Um, and the last thing is that we need to dismiss the case and a lot of times this is going to be a daily decision and don't be surprised if after praying that prayer those feelings come back we need to intentionally say, when those memories come, we, f- we face them and we dismiss them. We don't, we don't pretend those memories aren't there. We don't pretend those feelings aren't there. But we don't allow them to convince us we haven't forgiven. We've forgiven and we're going to dismiss them every time they come. So I'm just going to pray for you and pray for grace for you as we close. God, um, I just ask that... For those that you're speaking to right now, and you're maybe putting your finger on their lives and just saying like, hey, I want, I want you to live free of this anger, I just pray that um, you would give them fresh excitement about what their life could look like without that anger, and that right now they're not feeling, oh, this is something I have to do, it's gonna be so hard, um, it's gonna be painful, I don't wanna face that, but they're feeling an excitement about their life free of anger, and their life free of this enemy of their heart that's stealing their joy, it's stealing their peace, God. And I just pray that you would give them an excitement, a grace, uh, a passion to pray this prayer and mean it and be specific about it and live free and um, free from bitterness, free from unforgiveness, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.